0: This is the Used Car Dealer Podcast. Hello, Zach here. And we have another timely guest on the Used Car Dealer Podcast today, Brian Moody, who is the Executive Editor at AutoTrader and KBB. Brian, thank you so much for joining the podcast today. Yeah, that's cool. Thank you for having me. So let's get started. For those listening to the Used Car Dealer Podcast, what does your role as Executive Editor encompass? And how do you you get into coverage of the automotive industry? Um,
1: So what the executive editor's job would be is that we have an editorial team and we serve multiple functions. But basically, the job is to make sure that the content we're producing is first and foremost helpful to consumers, because that's how you build an audience, Um, and that the stories that we're doing are helpful to consumers, that they're giving them the tools they need to make shopping easy, to find the right car for them easy. And that can be anything from, you know, what are the most popular types of content? What type of lists should we be doing? And then maybe gets a little bit into what type of tools can we give consumers um, to make it so that, you know, their journey of finding the exact right car for them is not only easy, but then also these days you want to consider whether it's, you know, they feel safe also doing that throughout the whole shopping
0: process. And speaking of safety, what have been some of your observations from the view of like the COVID-19 impact, both on retail auto dealers, as well as the auto trader and KBB marketplaces?
1: Yeah, so one thing that's interesting to note, if you think about the way, you know, just just try to think back to January of 2020, a couple of things that, that we can talk about aren't necessarily new but they were sped up considerably. So we were already at a place where people were saying, hey, could I just buy a car completely online? Or, hey, could I just do most of these things without having to leave the comfort of my home? It's just that once the COVID happened, those things got sped up. And probably for good reason, because some people didn't feel safe going down to a dealership. Now, some people do, and that's okay too, because you have to assess your own personal you know, what's your risk? Are you in the group that shouldn't be all that kind of stuff? But what we want to do is give people tools and ways of doing that. So, one thing is for Auto Trader, there's this thing called dealer home services, which basically allows the consumer to sort by certain criteria. So, you can only see cars if you choose. If you choose to click the box and say, I only want to see cars where they're going to give me a video walk around or they're going to do a test drive at my home. And if I buy the car, they're going to bring it to me at home. And that way, If you wanna see that, great, click the box and it will only show you those. If you're not interested in that and you just want, hey, I just want this car, I have to have this car in red with tan interior and that's all I care about, well, you can do that too. But it's about meeting people where they are. And again, those things were already happening. It's just now that it's Mm -hmm. kind of sped up. And I think people like it, to be honest. I think people like the flexibility of, I can be at home, just like some of us have been working from home and some people are like, hey, wait a minute, this is really cool. Why weren't we always doing this? (laughs)
0: And how about from the consumer standpoint, how have they changed the way that they've shopped through AutoTrader and KBB during the pandemic?
1: Well, I think that one thing that's one big thing that's changed is that consumers are just basically searching. They're just using Google or they're using a search engine to just say something like, oh, what's the best price on a Honda Accord in my neighborhood? Or or, are there any, this is now, this is going to be me. Are there any Buick Riatas I can buy nearby? You know, that kind of thing. Some Mm -hmm. old car that you know is hard to find. And just going at it that way and then sorting through, we know they're going to go to different sites. We know they're going to go to many places. So this idea of like, oh, they just come to this one place and that's it. That's really not the case anymore. They're going to go to many places. And what's what's happening as a result is they're armed with lots of good information once they get to the point where they're going to buy.
0: What sort of change in trends in certain like makes or certain vehicle types have you seen from like early in 2020 until now, like during the pandemic?
1: So a lot of people are looking for more SUVs, and they still are looking for trucks, maybe even more so. I couldn't give you a specific number, but truck sales have not suffered, and they may have even gone up. So I think more people are thinking about utility uh, in the vehicles that they use, Mm -hmm. and more people are looking for. Or at least looking into certified pre-owned
0: interesting and talk to me about autotrader and kbb and their release of the new monthly best deals list for car shoppers
1: right so we have a list of deals and these are published deals but we kind of put them all together on one place basically these are um, for the most part manufacturer incentives and they'll give you you know let's say zero percent apr there was a couple that i was looking at where there was a Lexus that had 0% APR for 60 months. There was a Nissan Versa that had 0% APR for 72 months. Wow. <laughs> I mean, that's unbelievable. And then not only that, there was also a Honda Civic deal that was a zero down lease and something like $250 per month. And that huh. that's good because what we always tell people if you're leasing, put down as little money as possible because you're never going to get that money back. But for some people, putting down $5,000 to own a Cadillac or a Mercedes Benz or whatever, that's worth it to them. But you really are getting the best kind of bang for your buck in leasing when you put down as little cash as possible, and then you have that low payment. That's the whole appeal of that. So we compile these in one place and you know you can go on Autotrader or Kelley Blue Book and see like, hey, which one is going to work for me? It may be none, but it may be that there's many to pick from.
0: Got it. And how does Autotrader differentiate itself from other marketplaces and what have you guys also done on the SEO front?
1: Right, so Auto Trader differentiates itself from other marketplaces by just sheer volume and the quality of listing. So uh, AutoTrader just has such a huge volume of cars. Um, you find this when you, you start looking for weird cars, like um, for example, at one point, you could get a Toyota Camry with a manual transmission, not a new one, but this is going back a few years, or an Oldsmobile that's been out of production for a long time. But I want a certain model. When you go on AutoTrader, you can find five, six, seven, maybe 10 of those. Whereas in other cases, you're not going to find any just because the the depth and breadth of the listings are so robust, you're most likely going to end up with uh, more cars than you can sort through. And that's when you start using the tools for like, Sort by price, sort by year, sort by condition, you know, those
0: kinds of things. Got it. And then on the SEO front, like what have you guys done to bring more viewership to AutoTrader and KBB? Well,
1: the main thing is to just look at the types of content that people are and are not consuming and then, you know, produce more of that. So one thing that we know that they're not looking for necessarily from Auto Trader or from Kelly Blue Book is a, a very long think piece on the history of the Studs Bearcat. That's not a thing they're looking for on Auto Trader. They're not looking for, uh, you know, oh, one time I met uh, Fangio that that's not a a, a racing car or a, or a historic, that's not necessarily the thing what they are looking for is, Hey, give me some lists of like the cheapest pickups. What are the cheapest pickups I can get? What are the cheapest hybrids I can get? What are the best family cars? Like those types of things are the things that people have shown us by their actions that they're interested in. Now, those other stories, I'd love to read a story about how the LaSalle came to be. But probably I'm not going to be buying a car when I'm reading that. So I go somewhere else and I read that and I feel fulfilled. And then I go back to AutoTrader and go, OK, well, now I need to buy a Nissan Rogue. So uh,
0: forget all that. I just need to get the job done. So some consumers, they may not be ready to buy a car right now, but they might have a used car sitting around and they're seeing the news reports about used vehicle prices at an right. all time high. Talk to me about what KBB is doing in terms of like trade-in values and making it easier for like consumers to determine what their car is worth and maybe where they should sell it. Well, one of the things you can do is you can use, and this is where there's sort of a,
1: a blending of the two. Is if you're on Auto Trader, you can immediately find out. Uh, what's the fair purchase price for that car? So meaning what would the Kelly Blue Book price for that car? And also, if you want to sell your car or you're thinking of trading it in, you can also use those same tools to find out the value of your car. And those are updated so frequently that it would reflect the current, like you said, there's a trend up in used car prices. I think in as recently as just the end of this summer, there were actually some makes and models that were increasing in value as used cars, even though they were only say two, three, four years old. That's something that you generally don't see unless you get, you know, they usually start to go up uh, much farther down the road, like a Dodge Viper, you could see probably is gonna go up or it already has gone up because of, you know, it's the kind of car that it is. You don't usually see a two-year-old Honda Civic go, wow, it's worth more now as a used car than it was, you know, just six months ago.
0: Right. And let's talk about some of the futures, like, for instance, the subscription model, where Uh instead of doing like a traditional 24 month or 36 month lease, I can actually get a month to month uh, subscription rental on a vehicle. What are your thoughts about this new model? I think it could work
1: well for some people. I think if you're the kind of person that just wants car, nice car to use, and I don't want to think about it again. I'm not going to buy a stereo. I'm not going to buy wheels. I'm not going to tint the windows or put paint or anything. I just want to use this car and I want to use it every day and I want it to be reliable and I don't want to think about think think of it this way. It's like for the people who want to think of their car as sort of an appliance. Like nobody mm-hmm. you you and I if we were if we were if we were meeting in person, you and I would never talk about the therms of our refrigerator. And the cubic feet, oh my gosh, did you see this LG? Wow, look at this one. We would never do that because refrigerators don't necessarily lend themselves to that. So car people sometimes do that. Horsepower, fuel economy, this one's electric, this one's a hybrid. For the people that just wanna drive a nice car and that's as much as they wanna think about it, subscription could work because oftentimes maintenance and insurance uh, are included in
0: the one price that you pay every month. And what about digital retail? I see that you guys are touching digital retail with the auto trader marketplace. What are your thoughts on it? Not just for franchise dealers, but like used car independent dealers as well.
1: Well, I think, I think it's a way that, you know, like we were talking before, that's a way that the business is gonna go regardless. People are just used to doing more things mm-hmm. online. And what COVID has taught them is that now they can do even more things Online than what they thought or at the very least if they can't do it all online They can do the a bulk of the work online and then just go someplace and pick it up So here's a perfect example. I'm sure you've gotten, uh, you know, some takeout here and there over the past right. few months, right? Well, one thing that I used to hate is when I would order from a restaurant So a traditional, you know, sit down go inside restaurant. I don't want to go to the bar and pick it up Why am I in the bar? I'm standing there at the bar. I don't know if I should sit or how long it's going to take. Do I want to drink? Not really. I just want to go now that changed and that changed in a way that makes me happy. They bring it out to my car or it's ready right there on the front. I love that. And mm-hmm. I think more people are going to be thinking that way
0: when it comes to lots of goods and services, cars included. What about the whole EV model and the rise in popularity of brands like Tesla? What are your thoughts on EV vehicles? Well,
1: electric cars, we have to be you know, realistic in that they still make up a very, very small percentage of the market. Uh, in places like California, maybe more so, I think it might be up to four and then some. For the rest of the country, it's still a very small percentage of the market. But here's what Tesla taught us. Here's what we learned mm-hmm. from Tesla. And you can see from the time they started to become successful or started to become a real car company, let's just say, past the Roadster era into now where they have a full line of you know, cars and SUVs, what, what they taught us was what people wanted all along was a luxury car that had good performance. Look back and see what were the first electric cars. Prius is a hybrid, the mm-hmm. Nissan Leaf. those weren't performance cars, and they necessarily weren't all that comfortable. They certainly weren't luxury cars. But Tesla taught us, oh, this is what people want. So now what do we have? All electric Jag, right? All electric Porsche. Right. All electric Audi, you see where this is going? This is what people wanted all along. We just didn't know it, and ta- Tesla taught us if you have a luxury car that's all electric and you can make it cool in this ownership kind of way because it's different. People like different stuff, you know they don't want to have the same thing as the guy down the street then mm-hmm. that can be and that's that's the big thing I think we learned from Tesla is that what people really want in their electric cars is some performance and also some uh, a good deal of
0: comfort. So give me a peek into 2021 and what you guys have coming down the pipeline at both Autotrader as well as KBB.
1: Well, for both, what we're going to do is continue to press into the things that we've already been doing, which is digital retailing. How can we meet consumers where they are and enhance that experience even more, but then add things like uh, maybe shopping with voice command or that kind of thing? Um you know, leveraging the huge inventory that's on AutoTrader and combine that with the power of Kelly Blue Book's trusted, um, you know, pricing model. And then you have sort of an ecosystem where if all things are working right, you trade your car in, you know the value, you go buy it from AutoTrader and you just keep doing that because you've trusted these two things so much and they've given you the selection and the value that you're looking for. And I think it's in some ways, people try to look forward and say, oh, the future is going to be, you know, it's magic or something. It's not really magic. It's just doing the same thing that you've been doing, except just doing it better, more refined searches, um, searching by lifestyle. Um, We do a thing every year where we do the best cars for dog owners and we, you know, we have that line up with National Dog Day. Well, that's it's it's really uncanny how popular that is. You wouldn't think that something so small as that um, would be that popular, but people love dogs and they love going places with their dogs. Um, there's True. no, we're not going to do best cars for cat owners. Just saying, <laughs> um, like when you picture yourself in a jeep or a bronco out in the middle of nowhere, right? If you're one of those kind of people, do you picture yourself with a cat? Probably not. You probably picture yourself with your dog. And so those types of lifestyle things that enhance the overall experience are the kinds of things that you can expect to see more of.
0: What do you think are common misconceptions about marketplaces, both from the dealer standpoint as well as the consumer standpoint?
1: I think, well, that, that all cars are the same and that all offers are the same or that all the pricing is all fixed, I think there's, there's dramatic differences in price based on region and based on the condition of the car. It's most notable when you talk about used cars. And mm-hmm. so we were talking earlier about some of the prices of used cars being, you know, kind of on the increase. Well, that's because they're becoming more popular. That's, that's the great thing about how this works is that if you if you came up with this most amazing thing, an electric luxury car, let's just say, you're rewarded right? Because that's what people want. You made a thing that people want. Great. Good for you. And the same was true with used cars. If you have the ones that people are looking for, you're going to do, you're going to do well. And I think that when used cars come to marketplace and digital and online and all that, that's where it it can do its best work is because you can sort through more cars, more Honda Civics from, I don't know, 2011. If that's the, the price and the miles that are coming, you can find more of those as a consumer than you ever could have before driving around town. And from a, from a dealership perspective, the advantages are you have the opportunity, if you choose to take it, to interact with those customers on platforms um, such as social media, on platforms like AutoTrader. And you can tell them all about your car without your salespeople ever having to um, spend time Other than crafting the ad to begin with so that they can focus on closing the deal once the person comes down there, they're better informed and they're more ready to buy once they get there.
0: Agreed. And kind of as a last question, more of a fun question, but what are your top three favorite vehicles that you've seen in 2020 that might be coming out next year or that you're just excited about in general? I think
1: there's a couple. I think that new Ford Bronco looks like the real thing. So yes. <laughs> we haven't been able to drive it, but we did get to see one up close, sit inside, press the buttons, you know, open the doors, that kind of thing. And based on the specs and the way they made it with the little, you know, Bronco logo on the on the back and just the nice. fact this just the way that you can use it. I feel like they did a great job because too many times you see this thing where they resurrect a name and you're like, uh oh, that doesn't look anything like the thing that i remember but i think they did a great job that's exciting i think the hummer ev another thing to get excited about Uh, and i think because now are people looking for electric pickups i don't know maybe there really aren't (laughs) any to to judge that by but people love pickups and they like performance and the thing with the hummer that they got right is they they didn't just say oh this is an electric pickup that we got from somewhere else and just made it electric like There was a time when maybe that was enough, that's not enough anymore. They added some and then some, and then some with a removable roof, with a see through with, with the crab walk thing where it can move sideways, that kind of stuff. It it just, this is the thing that's exciting is that it's these big companies like Ford and general motors. I think they're best equipped to handle the personal transportation and the mobility needs of what the future is because they've already been doing it for a hundred years. And they have the manufacturing resources, they have the marketing resources, they have the R&D resources, they're in a good position. All they have to do is do make the cool thing first, then sell people. Don't do it the other way around like we used to do. Uh, Hmm. Let's sell them on it and then we'll make an okay thing. That leads to disappointment. I think what we're seeing now um, with those two cars specifically, I even think things like Rivian and Lucid, I think those are really cool looking too. And I think that younger buyers, so people who are like my son's age, he's a teenager, he's not going to care how it's powered. That's the (laughs) last thing he's thinking about. He's just thinking, how many USB ports can it go off-road? What's the range? How far can I drive? And does it look cool, different than what everybody else has? And that's the exciting thing is that you see these cars that are meeting all of those needs, kind of hitting all those points. And then they have a good product to sell. And that's when it gets to be really cool.
0: Yeah, no, I can't wait for those two vehicles. Definitely Hummer's really cool. And I think the Ford Bronco as well. Um, any vehicles you think are going to become less popular, you know, in 2021 than maybe they've been before? It could be like vehicle types, maybe sedans, yeah. coupes.
1: Sedans seem to be, but so I have a theory about the sedans. Everybody says that sedans are going to go away. And, you know, you know, I think that's an exaggeration. I've talked to several people, automakers, that have said, listen, if you're a luxury automaker, a luxury sedan needs to be part of your portfolio. It's just expected. Like, you you, you mm-hmm. can't really be, you know, a full luxury brand if you don't have a good luxury sedan, you know, to offer. The other thing is, think about this. A, a whole generation of people that started buying SUVs rejected their parents' cars, which were largely station wagons, right? A whole mm-hmm. generation of those people. Well, that kind of thing happens over and over and that cycle is going to continue. I can't help but think that everybody who grew up in an SUV family when they start to buy their own car, they aren't going to want that. And and the reason I think that is because I work with I worked with this with this young woman, she's a mom and her kids are about to be in high school. And she has said on several occasions, "I can't wait to get rid of this SUV because the U in SUV It's not about me at all. The utility part, that's nothing to do with me. That's about everybody else. I want something that I want. I want something that's cool. And I think that's going to, I think that's going to happen. And for some reason, people doesn't seem like people are seeing that like everyone's all in on SUVs and trucks. But if you grew Mm -hmm. up in a family, say you're, I'm just going to make this up. Say you're 13 years old right now. And you're going to be driving in, you know, three, four, five years, maybe buying your own car. You are not going to want to buy a car that your parents had, just like a whole generation before didn't want the car that their parents had. And I think that's coming. So I don't think sedans are quite out of the out of the hunt just yet.
0: Well said, Brian, and really appreciate you coming on the used car dealer podcast today. Your insight has been excellent. Thank you so much for joining us.
1: Yeah, thank you for having me.